Colossians chapter 3. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so it also must, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Please rise. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Luke writes, When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people, Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, 
to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom. And the favor of God was upon him. This is the gospel of our Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Saints, just a few days ago on Christmas Eve and again yesterday, we sang joy to the world and we celebrated Jesus' birth and all that means for us, the gift of our Savior. We encouraged one another to come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant that our Savior was born to free us from sin and death and cover us in God's loving kindness. And we went out from the church to carry on our celebrations into the evening and into the next afternoon. And it wouldn't surprise me if our digestive systems are not quite over yesterday's festivities or if our houses are still showing the battle scars of a Christmas well done. Unfortunately, at this time of year, the incidence of domestic violence increases in our communities. And sadly, all too many have experienced the legendary family tensions that can arise. But for all of that, it still seems that Christmas is a time when most people lay aside their differences and treat each other with more love than usual. But surely this should not be temporary, especially here in the church. In our epistle text today, St. Paul speaks about our life together as the family of God. And he dares to proclaim that we can live with each other in harmony, love, and peace all year round. Not because we're such a great bunch of people. No, but because of what Jesus has done for us. The motivation of Christian living all year round is the same as the motivation to show love and goodwill at Christmas time. It is the love of God that breaks into our world and frees us from sin and death. And Paul says quite beautifully that this is to be the fountain of which our lives of love are to flow. But what happens when the decorations are packed away, work schedules return, and the pressures of everyday life reemerge? How long does the peace of goodwill last? And perhaps more importantly, how deeply does it penetrate our souls and influence our relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ, in the family of God, his flock. It is all undone when someone in the family gets under our skin by making an unempathetic comment. Is it forgotten when our brother or sister brushes us aside or says something offensive? Does the love for one another that Paul speaks about dissolve when people we struggle with make the same insensitive remarks 
for the umpteenth time or ignore us or show their lack of love for us. When people disrespect us, treat us poorly, offend, or make us feel unneeded, we like to think that we're entitled to treat them the same way, don't we? Isn't that justice? Isn't that what's expected? In the world, perhaps. But the church is called to be different. And St. Paul offers a new and living way that has the power to disarm and to overcome the tension and the disunity that always lies in wait, ready to undermine and consume any congregation of God's people. God calls to us through today's text to approach our life together in the same way that we have just experienced Christmas. It's not enough to simply give us a bunch of rules and tell us to love one another. God has already done that, and we have failed at that way of living miserably. And so we are called not to look within ourselves to find strength to love and to serve, to forgive, and to show compassion. But instead, we are to look to what God has done for us in the gift of Christ. Not merely as an example to follow, but as the life-giving freedom, securing inspiration that he truly is. At Christmas, people look at the baby in the manger and are inspired to show love and goodwill to others because this baby represents God's amazing love for us and the extent that he went to save us. We are to look to Jesus all year round, peering into the pages of Scripture for our inspiration, for the strength that we need to be the compassionate, humble, gentle, patient, empathetic, forgiving, and loving people of God. And as much as we try to do this, there are times when we quickly reach our limits hiding away and not wanting to deal with people anymore, times when we're tempted to blow our cool at people who are doing the wrong things, treating people poorly, or undermining the work of the church by their selfish ways. And at these times, Paul calls us to clothe ourselves with compassion, with empathy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. But it seems, yes, it seems that this is just about impossible. But Paul, he doesn't suggest that we can do this ourselves. Christian communities and Christian people are not perfect, but they find strength and ability in Christ alone. And so Paul's encouragement for you and for me today is not to just try to do better but to let this message of Christ dwell among us richly, to constantly remember what God has done for us in Christ, to live in his forgiving love, to marvel not just at the baby lying in a manger, but at the man hanging on the cross for our sins, 
and to let that peace that he brings soak through our whole person. The Christian life of forgiving, of being kind, of having empathy and compassion, bearing with one another and being a community of love. It is a gift from God. Just like we are forgiven by God's saving work alone, so we are enabled to live a holy life by God's continued activity in our lives. As we remember each day that we are chosen by God himself, that we are made holy in the blood of Jesus and loved without limit, Jesus' own life begins to shape our lives. He goes to work, clothing us in humility, in empathy, kindness, compassion, reminding us that we didn't deserve this forgiveness, but that it was all poured out upon us like a drenching rain. The Christian life breaks across all cultures and ways of thinking. It changes our sense of justice, and it even frees us to stop demanding our rights. As we love and serve our brothers and sisters in the same way, our Lord Jesus has loved and served us undeserving ones. The reality is that every Christian community has its fair share of troubles, and unhappy relationships. But when together we allow the word of Christ to dwell in us richly, when we are constantly being encouraged by the songs of faith, and when our hearts are consumed with thankfulness for all that Jesus has done for us, then God is able to slowly begin to change us in the likeness of his own son. Now, you might be tempted to skip over today's message and try to go on unchanged. But these words of St. Paul are no little thing. The devil is most active trying to cause division and hatred between Christians, trying to quietly drag brothers and sisters away from the church through the harsh words, the hard hearts, and the lack of compassion that they experience from fellow believers. The answer to this kind of evil is not impressive by this world's standards, no. But it is conquered by small acts. Acts like the birth of a little baby lying in a manger. Small acts like a man dying a lonely and undeserved death on a cross in a far-off land for you and for me. Small acts like the splashing of water that brings new life. The eating of bread and the drinking of wine that brings forgiveness and strength. And small acts like the imperfect kindness the empathy, the compassion and forgiveness that we offer one another because we have experienced God's perfect love through Jesus our Christ. Dear saints, our church has taken on the motto that 
We are First Lutheran Church, where we put first things first, and where love comes to life, where Jesus' love comes to life as we accept and welcome one another regardless of our differences. Where Jesus' love comes to life as we reach out and care for those beyond our walls together. But this is only possible because we are first a church where Jesus loves, Jesus' love comes to life in God's mighty work to forgive and to renew each one of us. So let us spend this new year dwelling richly on the word of Christ that arouses us of his forgiveness, that each one of us might be the place where God loves to come to life, where we are able to move away from our individual desires and wants and focus on the needs of our neighbor and the well-being of the church family, the flock, his church, congregationally focused, focused on the we of this family together in his mission. And whatever we do, whether in word or in deed, let's do it all together in the name of Lord Jesus, remaining cross-centered, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Come, Lord Jesus, God speed, and may this gift of Christ to us as his bride give us peace, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. May it guard our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.